With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your very tired host, Michael Bauer. Joining me tonight is Garrett Price from Canton, Ohio. How you doing, Garrett? Good. How you doing, buddy? And finally, unmuting his microphone from Arizona, we have Chevin Nooney. How's it going, Chev? What's up, boys? <laughs> Great to be back. Nice to have the three of us back on an official episode, isn't it? I enjoyed the bonus episode. I thought, I thought it was like, hey, surprise, here we are. Boom, you get a bonus episode you didn't expect to get. Uh, but that being said, it is nice to officially be official. It, officially be official. It's it like makes when sense. You get, if you it's don't like when you get engaged, it. right? It's like we're right. officially official. Yeah. yeah. Oh, perfect. I, I would love know. it. But you'll get there. You'll get there. Working on it, man. Working on it. That's all right. We got you. We got you. Um, so I'm glad everybody's doing it tonight. It's great to be back. Thank you for everybody that always listens to us every week. I think, you know, I know we're not the biggest podcast in the world. Um, but I feel like we have a really great core of listeners that are always interacting with us on Twitter. Um, I do apologize for the Dynasty Rewinds Twitter. It kind of has a mind of its own. So um, if it says or does anything stupid or refers to itself as the Rewind, I apologize. Um, but that being said, let's go to Garrett Price for a price check. Who do you got for us this week, Garrett? Well, I'm sure this will uh, only get you going. And I'm sure this will also lead over into the news. Uh, but the price check this week is on Tyreek Hill. Uh, we have now officially gotten word that there is no suspension for Tyreek Hill. Um, and so basically, as far as most people's viewpoint, he is back to being worth a top five wide receiver, uh, top 12 to 15 overall uh, type, type player. And at that price tag, if that price has gone back to that point for you in your league, I am most likely selling. Um, at this point, we have not gotten any indication, any proof that Tyreek Hill is a changed person. And so there is still major, major risk for some other news to come out, uh, for him to do something else moronic and stupid. And so at this point, I am selling uh, – I would I would love to say hey give me two 2021st for Tyreek Hill and and take that and run or hey give me Stefan Diggs in a first or you know whatever you can get in that that range uh, sell and recoup any lost value that you thought you were going to have. So what I could say about Tyreek Hill is this: I was going to wait for the news, but you brought him up. 
and ruined my night carrot. So we'll, we're just going to do this now. When Get I it out of the way. Get it I off got, your heart. When I got the news earlier, I was all full of piss and vinegar, and I was in a 105-degree shop with air just circulating stagnant, fans circulating stagnant air around. So Tyreek Hill, you, you think you're a tough guy. You think you're fast. You could be as fast as you want, but you step in a ring with me. How about when the Chiefs get eliminated from the playoffs in the divisional round? Because your, co- your head coach sucks. Couldn't win it with the Eagles. Doug Peterson did it. <laughs> Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl before Andy Reid. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Chiefs fans. That being said, you get in the ring with me, okay? <laughs> this gives me plenty of time to train, so I'm going to need it. You're, you're not. I'm just some old dad. You know, I'll, I'll rock white New Balances to the ring, too, for you. <laughs> All money raised for this fight will proceed victims of abused, you know, abused children. So why don't you put your hands where your mouth is, tough guy, and step in the ring with me. And I'm not leaving until he has a broken arm either. I don't care how I have to do it. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> wow. So that being said, I'm really happy to announce that we're doing a Dynasty Rewind mock draft of all rookies. Interesting to see where Michael Hardman's going to go now. So we are I would opening assume up, a little later. I would assume a lot later because here's what we're doing. So we're going to do three rounds. So I'm, the whole Tyreek Hill situation from a me wanting to beat his ass point aside to just the fantasy aspect, it is an interesting thing with Michael Hardman. So um, if you follow us on Twitter, you did see that we had, uh, you know, hey, what did you learn from Dynasty Rewind? Uh, this and that. You get invited to the mock draft. So uh, we invited Stefan Warbington on really hope i said your name right if i didn't i'm so sorry and uh, we also invited our good friend troy on he is a, a fellow dynasty nerds writer he missed the cutoff by like five minutes i felt so bad for the guy i'm like just come on and do the mock with us so let's go ahead we are doing it on sleeper so the way we're doing it is this i randomly selected names out of a hat to determine draft position um the way i did it was this i did stefan first because he's the listener. Then I did Troy because he missed out. And then I went alphabetically. So I also did not pick the, the names. I had the secretary at work do it. And she said, is this a valuable usage of work time? To which I said, just pick the names out of the hat, Patty, and don't worry about it. So um, we're going to go ahead. And the, the rest of the picks are going to be auto picks. So to fill everybody in, Garrett is going to be picking at 1-3. Chev is going to be at 1-5. Troy's at 1-7, Stefan's at 110, and I'm going to be at 111, so not quite the wraparound, but close enough. Is so. it Stefan or Steven? You know, I don't know. So I always I'm thought just, it was Steven. I, it's, it's S. Warbington on here, so he's, he's just going to be S. Warbington. I'm so sorry if your name's wrong, by the way. It's better than P-word, Warbington. That's I mean, true. It could be worse. It could be worse. It will never be that because he's a really nice guy. So, what, all right, real quick. He is legitimately so. one of the nicest dudes I ever met. Like, I agree. I've had several conversations. Nicest guy. So I'm really glad we got him in. And this coming from another nice guy, which that reminds me, be nice to Garrett on Twitter, or I will come to your house and beat <laughs> you up in front of your family while they're eating dinner. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm sorry. It's I'm so tired. Mike, you <laughs> were so violent. You're so violent. He's like, oh, My I've never been in a fight, no. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's a counselor, too. She told me one time, she's like, you need help. And I'm like, well, what are you here for? <laughs> oh, Mike, I'm glad I got you in my corner, my man. 
That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm smaller than you too, so I don't even understand. Like, I would doesn't just be matter. Like, I don't know what to do. You with know me. what? Growing <laughs> up, there, I, I've learned that there's a few different types of strength. There's grown man strength, which like there's there's an age in which like, I think it's once you have kids that you get grown man strength because it's a different it's a different type of strength. So there's grown man strength. There's farmer strength. Farmers just have a weird, unique strength that other people just don't have. Oh, Learn right. that as well. And then there's crazy strength where they might not be the biggest dude, but they are crazy enough that they are going to win regardless. I feel like you have both grown man strength and crazy strength. That is the greatest compliment I have ever received from you, Garrett. Thank you. No problem. You didn't grow up on a farm too, did you? Because that would be the trifecta. That would um, be impressive. I actually did work on some farms when I was younger because there was a lot of them. Wow, the trifecta. I I was really young, so it wasn't really anything, like, crazy. You know, I was, like, 13, 14, just trying to get some money for stuff. So I like um, it. It wasn't anything crazy. But, um, all right, let's get this draft started. So to fill everyone in, I got all the draft positioning. Um, We're going to do a snake draft. It's going to be just three rounds, just rookies. You know, we're not going to do a dynasty startup, so I'm not trying to have a draft that goes for like six hours on air, obviously. So, all right, we ready to get started? Let's do it. All right, so we're going to do two auto picks, and then Garrett's got the first pick. And I did set the timer at, I believe it's three minutes. Let yep, me just check right minutes. here. Yep, it's three minutes. Okay, and we are starting. So one one's on the clock. All right, here we go. So we had Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery go 1-1 one, one, and 1-2. One, and now Garrett is on the clock. What are we going to do here, Garrett? All right. So there's a couple different options uh, of, of players. I think there's, there's two really good options. I feel like you could go Nikhil Harry and feel very good about that. And I feel like you could go Miles Sanders and you could feel really good about that. Um, assuming that this is a dynasty league, um, it's – it makes it interesting. Typically, I do go wide receivers um, when available if it's somebody that I truly believe in. And I do like Nikhil Harry. However, I do have some concerns. And so I am going to take the third running back off the board and take Miles Sanders. Ooh, I love it. So um, also, I should tell you, yes, it is uh, set up geared towards dynasty it is a one point ppr not super flex not tight end premium so just kind of wow, a the basic, one four <laughs> just the basic um yeah ooh, <laughs> one four daryl henderson so ooh, okay Might go, be a, i mean all right. this just makes it super easy for me getting to kill harry at five i mean i think that's just incredible he's got great talent I'm not 100% sold on kind of what he's going to do in this first season, but I think he can grow in that offense and kind of just uh, help out Tom Brady kind of in the role that Gronk kind of filled in last season. So, um, I mean, Daryl Henderson going fourth. I mean, somehow Sleeper had him ranked before Nikhil Harry and all these other guys, so not 100% sure how that happened, but I think I would definitely be waiting on Daryl Henderson probably definitely later into the first round for sure. So I would agree with you uh, on that one as well. Right after Chev took Nikhil Harry, he went, or the computer went, Kyler Murray. Then Troy took TJ Hawkinson, which I feel at 1-7 is a great value. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then the computer stupidly took DK Metcalf. (laughs) And then Damian Harris went. And S. Warmington took Debo Samuel. 
which I do like Debo there at uh, I do one, too. 110. So I feel like some redraft has like trickled into this maybe yeah. uh, with the computer. I'm not going to disagree with you guys on that one. So um, at 111, I'm almost kind of doing the wraparound here because it's going to be a pretty quick pick for me here. Um, but just based on what I see here, and I'm thinking that my next guy can be had with the 2-2, I'm going to go ahead and take Paris Campbell at the 111. Mm-hmm. So let's see if it's going to work out for me here too because at the 112, we got Alexander Madison who I would have liked to have in the next round, but he wasn't who I was targeting. And then uh, Mecole Hardman went with the 2-1. So I think his his draft value has kind of you know fallen a little bit because I believe we've been seeing him go in some first-round you know, startups, or not startups, but rookie drafts earlier on in the season before the whole Tyreek Hill situation was sorted out. So uh, my next guy that I targeted is still here. I feel like um, this is kind of one of those things where – you get into a spot like this. Now, I know most rookie drafts are going to be linear, but for the sake of this, it's a snake draft. Um, so I have to take my guy now because I'm not picking for quite some time, and I only have one more selection left. So sometimes you have to reach, but I don't feel like it is a big reach here. I'm going to go with Noah Fant at the, uh, I don't think the second pick. Yeah, at the 2-2 I think is pretty good. So uh, Warbington's back on the clock. Let's see. A Troy says good pick with Fant. I know Troy. Thank you though. <laughs> yeah, I got a question for you guys. So Kyler Murray went one six. I don't see that happening in many rookie drafts. If it's just a one QB league, where would you guys draft him? Um, if it was a one QB league and you had a later first round pick, are you looking at him there, or where are you guys trying to look for him in a one QB league? Um, I, mean, I, mean, I think I think he has. Great potential. I mean, the offense is going to want to throw the ball and use him as much as possible, I'm guessing. But, I mean, I don't one six seems a little way too early for me. I'm going to say I would take him in the second round because I feel like if I didn't, he wouldn't be there in the third. Mm-hmm. Garrett, what do you think about that? Yeah, I would, I would take him in the second. Uh, I think there's so much risk in this draft. Um, I have I have no issue jumping up for him. Normally it's, you know, the tried and true method, like make sure you wait. Uh, but he's such a talented player, and it's a system that fits him so well mm-hmm. um, that I've even seen some guys take him as early as, like, you know, 10, 11. And even though I wouldn't necessarily touch him there because there are some other players I like more, I, it's totally justified in this specific class. Yeah. So after the fan pick, we went, ooh, sorry, Garrett, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside. Then Ugh. a 2-4, Devin Singletary, 2-5. He's probably laughing so. so much right now. Who's that? Warbington. He's the one that took him. He's probably just laughing at me. I, I bet he did it on purpose. That's something I would do, and I love it. Um, probably. The, but, I mean, he wasn't getting back to me anyway. Yeah, yeah, I thought about doing it at the 2-2 just to be a dick to you, but I was like, well, I should – you know, do it the way it should actually be done. So, um, so the two five was Justice Hill, two six was AJ Brown, two seven was Marquise Hollywood Brown, and now back up with the two eight, we got Chev. I'm gonna resume the draft now. I paused it so we could talk for a minute. Go ahead, Chev. I love it. So yeah, uh, I mean, we're just talking about Kyler Murray's offense. Uh, I think they're gonna want to try to find a spot for Andy Isabella in that offense and kind of get him going uh, in the slot probably. So. I mean, there's a couple good guys here. You got Armstead. You got Thompson from Kansas City still. But I think I'm going to go with Isabella on this one, honestly. 
Okay, I, I think that's actually decent value for for him right there. I mean, he could be getting a lot of targets out of the slot in his rookie season, especially with Kyler. You know, I don't want to say under center in the shotgun, we should say. So um, after Chev took Andy, went Darwin Thompson at 2-9, and Garrett's back on the clock. So this is really interesting. Uh, the player that I'm going to select, I would have been willing to take right around the turn uh, of this draft. And so the fact that he's still on the board, I'm pretty excited about it. I want to be clear, though. This is not a play for 2019. I do not expect this player to put up good fantasy numbers this season. This is a patient, be patient, wait, let this guy develop type thing. Uh, but I'm going to take the other Arizona wide receiver that's mm-hmm. available, and I'm going to take Hakeem Butler. Looking back at his tape, it the dude, I, I had kind of forgotten because it had been a while since I had really broken down his tape. And so I went back and watched it recently, and the guy is just such a physical monster that if Kyler Murray needs to just throw a ball up to a guy, this is a guy that can make a play happen. I think he could end up being very, very good in this offense. Worked with Calvin Johnson in the offseason. Uh, is going to be getting some tutelage from uh, Larry Fitzgerald. I, it, it is a risk. It is absolutely a risk because he is a raw player. But on ability alone, he was a top three wide receiver for me in this class. Now, landing spot situation, draft capital, that shifted it a little bit. But just on the player alone, he was top three for me in this class. I, I do like it. Uh, I think, actually, it's still good value for Keem Butler. So after that, we went at the 211, Ryquel Armstead. Then we went at the 212, Gary Jennings Jr., 3-1, Terry McLaurin, and 3-2, Miles Boykin. So, Garrett, you are back on the clock. And uh, we were originally only going to do three rounds, but this is going pretty quick. So I asked the guys if they want to stay on for a fourth round. As long as you guys are cool with that, it seems like they are too. So if you want to keep going, keep going, Garrett. Yeah, I have no issue with that. Um, That being said, that does alter slightly what I'm going to do here. Um, So I'm glad you said that before I picked. Um, This is the, the range of the draft. That is really, really tough. Um, there's a lot of just eh out there right now. Right. And so it's it's tough to know which route to go. Uh, there are a couple players that I kind of considered, uh, but I think that there's one option that I like a lot more than others. And according to this board, it is absolutely a reach. But on my board, uh, this is a great spot for this player to go. I'm going to take Dawson Knox. Uh, there looks like to looks like it's going to be a good chance that he is the starter for them this coming season. Really good athlete. Uh, had a weird situation at Ole Miss with all of the pass catchers that were there. Uh, but he was taken in the third round. I love the upside here. With a lot of these tight ends, with, with most tight ends, you, you need to give them time to develop. So this fantasy team is definitely the, uh, the long play fantasy team that I've drafted here. Uh, but I love Dawson Knox, love his upside, and I would be more than happy uh, to take him at this spot. Uh, I love it. And I think he, I think he, well, by necessity, he could be productive from day one. Everybody else was hurt in Buffalo. Um, so at the 3-4, they go Deontay Johnson, wide receiver from Pittsburgh. And at the 3-5, Chev, you're back on the clock. Yeah, so and the news coming out about Zeke kind of, makes me want to go with Pollard here. I'm kind of in between him and Harmon at the moment. Um, 
I think I'm going to go with Pollard because, I mean, if Zeke were to get injured or if Zeke is the holdout, I think Pollard could be a guy that could step in and possibly just take over the reins of that offense. I mean, I uh, can't remember exactly who they have as backup right now, but, I mean, if Zeke were to hold out, I mean, he's already missed six games before and he seemed fine. I mean, so, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to go with Pollard right here and just it, it's, it's a reach probably just because we don't know if Zeke's going to get um, – He's going to hold out for a long time or what, but having Pollard possibly in the third could be great potential for him. I do like that pick, and I feel like if Zeke would hold out or be out for an extended period of time, kind of a Le'Veon Bell situation, I feel like it would kind of be a timeshare between Pollard and Mike Weber. Mm -hmm. Uh, Weber, to me, and Garrett, you'd be able to touch on this better as you're the Ohio State fan. He seems more like your prototypical between the tackles running back where Pollard is a little bit more – He's just a little bit more explosive and a little more versatile than Weber is. So uh, yep. they definitely both bring a, a different dynamic to the running game. So um, after Chev took Pollard, who is a guy that I loved uh, pre-draft, it went 3-6 uh, was Calvin Harmon, another guy I loved. 3-7 uh, was Dwayne Haskins. Hunter Renfro went at the 3-8. Riley Ridley. From the Bears, Chev went 3-9. And then Bryce Love went at 3-10, which, um, you know, that that's one of those. Um, it could be a really high ceiling. It could be a really low floor, especially on that team. But then again, you don't know what, what his guy's going to be. I mean, he's been injured. We know that. So Bryce Love could be a steal here. So let's see what we got going on. All right, so uh, I've taken Paris Campbell. I've taken Noah Fant. And we are going to go and... You know, now normally in drafts, and Garrett and I talked about this, this is where I'd be panicking and, hey, I have a wide receiver and a tight end, so I need a running back. You know, we talked about that, Garrett. Yep. But I got to go best available. This is a rookie draft, and you could always trade later. Um, That being said, I am in love with this guy right here, so I'm going to double up. This is something I usually don't do. I'm going to go with Jay Sternberger here. Um, I was thinking about Irv Smith. But I just like Sternberger better. I think he's more of a prototypical tight end. Um, then after me at the 312, it went Jalen Hurd. And at the 4 1, it went Preston Williams. So we are back to me again. Um, I'm just going to look at some ADP here. So some guys that are available we have Benny Snell, we have Darius Slayton, uh, Miles Gaskin. It's really, at this point, not anything that I see that really stands out to me. So. Um, we are talking dynasty here, uh, and with the 4-2, I think even in a one-quarterback league, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to draft Daniel Jones. Somebody's got to throw it to Saquon Barkley 130 times a year, so why not him? And yeah, i got no issue with that at all. I mean, I mean at the 4-2, obviously if it was a super flex rookie draft, he would have probably went much higher. Um, after that, we went Rodney Anderson. Warbington took him. Then we went Jordan Scarlett. Went Darius Slayton, who I was strongly thinking uh, about there, too. I know you missed him by mm-hmm. a couple picks, and now Troy's I know, back I was hoping he pod. would stay. So let's see what Troy goes with here. He's got a decent roster so far. He's got Hawkinson, A.J. Brown, and Dwayne Haskins. So let's see what he does. Come on, Troy. What do you got? We're waiting on you. Should I pause the draft just to mess with him? <laughs> I think you can still pick, though, can he? I don't think so. Oh, I should really? just end, I should just end the draft right now. <laughs> He'd be so mad. No, I'm not I gonna do it. that. 
I mean, I know he's working right now, so. Oh, is he? Yeah. So. By the way, Darius Geis is going to be good this year. Just just saying that. Yeah, don't talk crap about Geis. Come on, man. I, I mean, it's well, early. Well, no, what I'm saying is uh, we don't know what that whole situation is. I mean, I think he's going to be decent. I don't know if he's going to run for 1,000 yards. They brought Peterson back for a reason. Hater. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm a realist. <laughs> well, while we're, while we're waiting on Troy to make his pick, uh, the last pick, Darius Slayton, is far and away – my favorite late round uh, flyer player. I absolutely love the potential that he is. Dude ran a four three nine, uh, over a forty inch vertical, six foot one. The only potential uh, wide receiver on the field over six foot for the Giants. I, I just see a lot of upside with this kid, uh, and one of the one of the best dart throws that you can have at this point. Let me ask you this, Garrett. So looking at this proverbial team that we have here. Which is a computer team that took Darius Slayton. If you would have switched the third and fourth round, they took Hunter Renfro in the third and Darius Slayton in the fourth. Would you have been okay with that? Yeah, uh, partly because I'm not the biggest Renfro guy. Uh, I just don't. There's just not a lot of upside there. Like best case scenario, he's like uh, worse Cole Beasley. Like I don't, like I don't know what the upside is. With Hunter Renfro, right. and so unless you're starting like twelve guys, and you just need to make sure that you have somebody that will get you points, because I do think that there's a decent scenario that he's the guy that gets three catches a game, and all three of those were for first downs, and you know he actually does help his real life NFL team, but I don't see him helping your fantasy team at all. Well, unfortunately, what's not going to help your fantasy team is another one of your guys got taken here, Stanley Morgan Jr. Yeah. Uh, by Troy right after Darius Slayton. So two year guys go right in a row. That hurts. Um, then, I was really hoping to get Stanley Morgan Jr., man. I, I uh, think he could be something in Cincinnati, to be perfectly honest with you guys. Um, then Benny Snell went off the board, and then Chev's going to follow up with his Tony Pollard pick. His draft so far is Nikhil Harry, Andy Isabella, and Tony Pollard. So, um, so far, this is a roster that if I was drafting this team and I came away with this, I would be thrilled through three rounds. So, um, Chef, mm. what do you got for round four? I know he's going to be kind of in a murky situation at the moment, uh, tight end, but I think I'm going to go with Irv Smith Jr. right here. Okay. Uh, I think he's, he's a young young tight end right now. Uh, he's going to have to learn a lot in that offense. I mean, there's a lot of playmakers there, but I think he can kind of slip through the cracks if he's able to get open uh, down the middle. So I, I'm going to take Irv Smith Jr., I mean, there's, there's a couple of good players there, but I think kind of banking on getting the tight end young and kind of be able to maybe ride him if he's he could be a top ten guy. So I'm going to go with Irv Smith Jr. I, I like the pick there. Um, I think it's good value now. If we were doing this two months ago, I think Irv Smith Jr. would have probably been going about two rounds higher. Uh, but then yeah, obviously – the Kyle Rudolph extension. So after that, we went Miles Gaskin and Garrett. You're back on the clock. Garrett's roster so far is Miles Sanders, Hakeem Butler, and Dawson Knox. So I am thrilled because I was devastated when when Morgan Jr. and Darius Slayton uh, both went. However, a guy that I was considering taking at three three 
when I took Dawson Knox is actually still on the board. And so I'm pretty excited. Uh, and that's going to be Dexter Williams. Um, he is. I like it. Yeah, he's a talented back. Uh, a lot of weird stuff happened with him uh, while he was at Notre Dame. Um, some stuff with his mom, um, some suspensions, all of this different stuff. But when you watched him play, there's no denying that he was a talented back. And even though most of us assume Aaron Jones is going to be the guy this year, he still has not yet proven to a brand new coaching staff that he is the guy. Uh, we've seen Jamal Williams. We know that there's not much there. So right away, I think if something were to happen to Jones, that Williams would absolutely be part of the equation um, on the field. And I'm not convinced if things don't go great right away with Jones that that he might not get a few snaps here and there already. And so, he once again, it's a dart throw in the fourth round, uh, but he's another one uh, that I like quite a bit. I do like that pick as well, and um, I'm figuring we might as well just go five rounds. This went pretty quick. So after Garrett took Dexter Williams, we went um, – can someone tell me how to say that, please? Demaria. Demaria Crockett. There yep. are other running backs in Houston. Then we were running back LJ Scott, who looks to be teamless. And then Anthony Johnson from Tampa Bay and Travis Homer. Uh, who's a running back from Seattle. So let me resume the draft here. And Garrett, this will be your last pick in the draft. So Are you I'm sure this time? Um, isn't isn't LJ Scott the guy that retired from the Browns? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Sleeper Wait. needs to get their stuff together. Uh, what What's that about there? Did he I just get – I just think just, he was like, crap, I'm never going to get to play. I don't want to be here. I'm done. What, was he drafted or an undrafted free? He was an undrafted, or? yeah, free agent signing. And he didn't even try. Nope he he lasted like a day and a half. Like uh, Ron White says, like his father says about him, that boy's got a lot of quit in him. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, Gary, yep. you're back on the clock then. So. <laughs> All right. Well, there's some really interesting options uh, still available. And I'm I'm wrestling back and forth with what route I would go, but I think I am going to go highest potential upside. the The ceiling is literally like below the basement, but the ceiling is really really high. And I'm going to take Bruce Anderson, uh, undrafted free agent signing in Tampa Bay. We know the Tampa Bay situation right now. Uh, Ronald Jones uh, apparently has bulked up. Uh, but there's sure. there's nothing at all that uh, gives me any sort of encouragement that he is going to win that job outright. Uh, Peyton Barber was fine last year, but he is absolutely just a jag. So give me a guy that maybe isn't the most talented player ever, but has the opportunity to sneak in there and maybe find a job for himself. Hey, a lot of times – guys make nothing into something so there's always that possibility um okay so after garrett took bruce anderson went jalen moore who's a running back for the jets and now chev you are back on the clock yeah so i'm probably gonna go with another guy that could possibly become a backup in a running back situation uh he's gonna be in atlanta it's gonna be quadre allison or olson uh i mean i don't know too much about him at the moment but i mean I mean, with uh, Freeman going down, 
uh, a lot in the past couple of seasons. I would definitely like to see somebody possibly get a chance, and he could possibly get that chance. So I'm just going to go with him and hopefully pans out in a fifth round. I mean, if you're doing a fifth-round dart throw here, yeah. I mean, and you have the guy that you could start one game and gets you 10 points, coming out ahead. Um, so after that, we went uh, Jazz Ferguson, for a wide receiver for the Seahawks, then Travion Williams, uh, which I think could be decent value here at 5'7". Troy took him. Uh, Travis Fulgham, uh, wide receiver from the Lions. Scott Miller, Tampa Bay wide receiver. And now Warbington's back on the clock. So let's see what he does at 5'10". I feel like he's going to snipe my next guy here. I'll be honest with you. There's one guy that better go. Um, if he doesn't go, I'll, uh, I'll I'll talk about who it is. Actually, there's two guys that really should go. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they get, get off the board here in the next couple of picks or not. We'll see what happens. So he's got two minutes to make his pick yet. Oh. He yes, all right. Me. He took one of the two. Yeah, he, he sniped me here. Ooh, he, Josh Oliver, Jacksonville tight end. I I didn't think he would make it because after, um, after Chev picked, I'm like Josh Oliver is never gonna make it to me at all. So okay, back to the drawing board. Let's see. Just looking. This is total players. Ugh. Yuck. I'm not really seeing. So I'll be honest with you. At this point, there's not anybody here that I really, really like. So if this was an actual draft, I'd probably be looking to trade out of this pick and just see what I can get in 2020 or a player that I like. But that is not an option here. So I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm just going to take Drew Locke. I think at 5'11 is a good spot for him. And then uh, wrapping the draft up is C.J. Conrad, tight end from the Giants. So, Garrett, did you have any – you had another guy or was Drew Locke yeah, it? No, it was, uh, it was Waring, Kahale Waring. Okay. I think yeah, he's, he's uber, uber talented, uber, uber athletic. Uh, he's just super raw. Uh, but he was the guy that played, like, every single sport growing up. Uh, basketball, you see a lot of basketball in how he how he positions himself at the tight end position. Uh, but dude was even like a water polo star. Uh, so he, he did a lot of things well. Third-round pick. Um, they have Jordan Thomas there for the Texans right now. Uh, but he hasn't really done anything. It's only his second year as well. So the, the door is wide open. It's definitely a project player. Uh, but one with immense upside. So let's go over our proverbial rookie drafts here. Garrett came away with Miles Sanders, Hakeem Butler, Dawson Knox, Dexter Williams, and Bruce Anderson. Chev came away with Nikhil Harry, Andy Isabella, Tony Pollard, Irv Smith Jr., and Quadre Allison. Troy came away with TJ Hawkinson, AJ Brown, Dwayne Haskins, Stanley Morgan Jr., and Travion Williams. Stefan came away with Debo Samuel, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Bryce Love, Rodney Anderson, and Josh Oliver. And I came away with Paris Campbell, Noah Fant, Jay Sternberger, Daniel Jones, and Drew Locke. So um, this is way different than what I would have ever drafted before because um, previously I'd always try to get every skill position. You know, I'd always try to get a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. But um, 
just being a little bit more aware, I realized that you have to adapt when you draft. You have to adapt when you trade. Um, for example, that's something I wanted to bring up. Garrett and I made a trade this last week. I finally got J.J. Arcega-Whiteside from him. Um, I gave up Alexander Madison in a second, and um, I got J.J. and a 2025th. Now, I feel like short-term Garrett might have won that trade. Long-term, just because we're talking wide receiver versus running back, I feel like I won that trade. But this is a prime example of you don't have to win every trade in Dynasty because this builds good relationships. I mean, obviously, Garrett and I have a relationship from doing this, but I'm going to remember this. Like, hey, Garrett was really nice to me, so yeah, I'll take a little less for this guy or this draft pick or whatever. So that's something to just keep in mind. No, so you- that that was the toughest trade, like one of the toughest trades I've ever had to make because I've been very clear on my love for J-Jaw. Uh, but there was yes, a couple things at play here. One, I love Alexander Madison as well and I have hardly any shares of him. And so part of me was like, I have to have a few shares of him on my teams. So that was that was part of what happened there. Um, two, I actually do think there's a ton of depth in the 2020 class. So I really like the second round pick uh, to be able to recoup a receiver there of similar caliber. Um, because when I'm, ranking, when I'm ranking the wide receivers from this class with that class, um, I would probably have anywhere from, uh, depending on who comes out and all of that kind of stuff, anywhere from five to eight receivers that I probably like just as much or more than him. So the thought is I could probably recoup a guy that I like personally in a similar vein as J-Jaw in the next class just because it's so good. But that being said, it was painful to give him up, and that was a great get for you. I mean, it was painful for me, too, because I do like Madison a lot, too. Um, But I I do like what I got in return. So before we move on, do you guys have anything to add to the draft that we just did? Uh, Is there anybody out there? Chef, you there? Yeah, I mean, I I don't have too much to say about it. Uh, I don't know how I really feel about my team. I mean, getting a kill is going to be big. Andy Isabella or Hakeem Butler could one of them is probably going to be a pretty solid player for that offense this season. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but uh, Andy Isabella could definitely take that role and hopefully run with it after his draft. So, I have one thing I want to touch on, and this was the the pick right before Chev took Nikhil Harry, um, and I still think Nikhil Harry at one five is tremendous value, but Daryl Henderson at one four, I know everything's going on with Gurley's knee, but. People need to realize and not go crazy with Daryl Henderson that Malcolm Brown is the guy that probably will get the starting job if Gurley would miss a game. I mean, I think Henderson's going to have a role in this offense regardless. But what do you what do you guys think about Henderson at one four? That just seems like a huge overkill. Yeah, I definitely don't think that's going to happen. I think I kind of already touched on that again. Um... I mean, if you have Gurley kind of maybe that early, maybe you take him. But for me, I'm definitely not snagging him that early in the draft. I'm definitely waiting possibly at the end of the first round, probably beginning of the second round probably. I just I just don't think that's going to be reality if, you got, if you're with a bunch of other guys. I mean, it is just a computer, but I definitely do not see that happening in regular drafts. Yeah, that, that was the one thing that stuck out to me is just kind of odd. But um, – 
All right, if you guys don't have anything else to add, we can uh, we can move on here. We good? Moving along. Yes, sir. All right, so how do I do this now? Um, okay. Res I think I have to resume it, and then I can... Oh, okay, now it's, now it's ended. Okay. Draft complete. All right, so that's great. So um, aside from the Tyreek Hill news, I don't think there's anything else really going on. Just one thing I wanted to touch on. I got an ESPN update that the Eagles have re-signed Darren Sproles, and all I want to say is why. Just let the guy retire already. They have a crowded running back room as it is. As much as I love Darren Sproles, time to bring in the new blood. That's just my opinion. Uh, you guys could tell me I'm wrong, but I am the host, so that means I'm always right. No, I have too many Sanders shares, so, uh, yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, I mean, what do you think? Miles Sanders could be in street clothes on week one. I mean, I'm just saying. It, oh and with the, ha <laughs> with the hamstring, it's it's possible, right? You know what? So, like, I mean, that seemed completely asinine the first time you said it. But as it goes, I'm like, if he's right, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> I mean, you already bought me lunch when we met up, so you don't owe me anything if I'm right then. We're good. So um, let's go to some listener questions here. And one of the gentlemen that just participated in the mock draft with us, Mr. Warbington, wants to know, and this is a really good question. I like this. With the NHL expanding teams, there is the idea of the NFL doing the same. From historical former team locations, college football hubs, Canada or Mexico, what are two locations you would like to see get a team and why? So let's start with Chev. What do you think about this one? Is that where you'd want a team to start up? Two locations you would want to see a team and why? Uh, definitely somewhere in Oklahoma, somewhere. I mean, I having only one pro team in the city, I mean, it's just awful. Like, I mean, football there is pretty big. I mean, you got OU and OSU there. I mean, both of those fans clash during that time, but when the Thunder is playing, I mean, those fans come together, and it's it's pretty dang great environment there. So, I mean, if Oklahoma could somehow pull it off, I would definitely love that. Um, other than that, I don't really have another place I would want to put them. Maybe put them in London. I don't know. I think that would be, be kind of crazy and fun possibly, but uh, I don't know if that's a real chance at that. But, I mean, going to Oklahoma, like I said, the atmosphere around there with the Thunder is just incredible. If you ever get a chance to go, go to a game and uh, – that environment's rocking. Uh, I guess maybe not this season, but maybe in the future. <laughs> Gary, what do you think? Two places and why? Yeah, I, I was thinking about this because I saw it. I saw it when he he tweeted it at you, and there's a lot of really intriguing options. London is definitely an option. I just feel like the time difference will constantly be just terrible for whoever ends up there. Because yeah. it's—I mean—it's tough on the week that the visitor has to go that direction, but I feel like you would almost have to make the home team have chunks of like games at home in a row. Because if they have to go back and forth and back and forth, like that's just brutal. So right. they would have to have like three games in a row at home, three on the road. Like they would have to chunk it up like that, um, or I just don't even think it would be possible. It's um, brutal enough. I mean, it really is. It really is. Um, so that being said. I do think I would really like to see uh, a team in Canada at some point. I think it would be I think it'd be pretty cool. So uh, Toronto, Montreal, something like that. I think that would be a good environment for uh, for for an NFL team. 
And then I would love to see something, uh, and this is a little more, uh, a little more off the wall, and I don't even know that this is a traditional choice per se, but I would love, like, I feel like there's a gap, like, east of Seattle and, like, north of Kansas City where there's, like, nothing. And I feel like if we got a team out there in one of those states, I feel like that would bring anybody from the, the Montanas to in the Dakotas and all of that, that would kind of become their team. They would all rally around that team. So it's a little outside the box, and I don't know if there's quite the population to support it, but I think it would be pretty fun. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. So I'm looking at a map of the United States right now, and I think we could stick one right in about Idaho. Okay. Would be I could see that. Yeah, that would be make them the good. potatoes. Yeah, because like, fighting potato, the fighting uh, spuds. There's a oh, team God. in in uh, Arizona. Obviously, there's none in Utah. There's we got Colorado's covered. New Mexico. There's nothing in Wyoming. Nothing in Montana. Nothing in Idaho. Nothing in Nevada yet. Uh, nothing in Oregon. The Dakotas, Nebraska. So yeah, I mean. The Midwest really seems to be underrepresented aside from the Chiefs. Yep. Um, so, yeah, stick one in the Midwest. Um, as for me, I guess I'll just go kind of outside the box, and I'm going to go um, – I'm going to go – I think Toronto is where the Bills play sometimes, and I think they have a pretty good drawing up there. Uh, so well, stick a team in Toronto. It's not too far. And let's go Mexico City too. I believe they draw pretty well there. Uh, it's not really a huge travel logistical nightmare, but you know, you're talking about logistics and Gary, you made a great point with, um, London. The cool thing about the London games is, um, being here in the Eastern time zone, I got to eat the, or watch those games while I was eating breakfast, which was kind of neat because then it was just a whole day of football. Um, but do you remember last year in the playoffs when I believe it was the chargers, they had to fly East to play the Ravens. They flew back home. Then they had to fly east to play the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that's just brutal. So could you imagine if they had to go, let's just say theoretically, they had to play a playoff game in Baltimore, fly back home, and then play a playoff game the next week in London. Jeez. I mean, we're adding that travel time from L.A. to the East Coast and then tacking on across the Atlantic yeah. Ocean on top of it. So, Or imagine if it was the team that was in London had to do two West Coast trips. Oh like if they gosh. had to go to, you know, right. yeah, that would be, oh, geez. So as much as it seems like the NFL wants to put something in London, just realistically, I, I don't think tough. it's it's just not going to work. Like the, the London people, and they've been great to any team that's gone over there, but they seem to have adopted the Jaguars. So just let that be your like your part-time team. You know what I mean? And just, just keep it over here. As much as I would love to see the NFL grow, it is the National Football League, not the International Football League. So um, we do have to remember that as well. So, okay, we are going to go to some more listener questions here. We have two more. Um, this is from Vinny, and he wants to know, what are everyone's thoughts on Devontae Parker, Christian Kirk, and Sterling Shepard? So, Chev, you started us last time. Garrett, let's start with you this time. Uh, Devontae Parker is 
probably the biggest boom bust player that you can think of at this point. I mean, how many how many years in a row have we been talking about this is Parker's year, this is Parker's year, this is Parker's year. We've heard it again this offseason. He's he's gaining value. Um, it, is it possible? Yes. Uh, I do like that he's under a new regime now. I do think that increases his likelihood of being able to boom. Um, and so as much as I don't want to, I'm actually buying it a little bit. Uh, nothing, nothing to the point where I'm spending any real value to try to acquire him. But if somebody was like, hey, give me your 2023rd and I'll give you Devontae Parker, I'd think about doing that. So yeah. I, I don't know if that would get it done or not. I'm not quite sure. I, th- I feel like his value is all over the all over the place, uh, depending on the league. But but I'm I'm buying it a, a tiny bit, and I'll probably look like an idiot for it later. But I'm I'm kind of sold on it for for the moment. Uh, Christian Kirk, great situation. Uh, he's been in the offense a year longer than Butler and Isabella have, so he's got a leg up there. Actually played with Kyler at one point. So I can definitely see the breakout season being being a real thing for Christian Kirk. So real good player. I really like him. And then who was the third one? Was it Sterling Shepard? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sterling Shepard is one of the most underrated wide receivers in football. Yes, he, the ceiling is not that high for him, but he is going to be a target monster uh, in this offense. He's going to be a steady Eddie for your team. He's not going to have a lot of these – 130 yards and two touchdown games. Uh, but I think week in and week out, you can count on him for that 60 to 80 yards and, you know, maybe seven touchdowns, six touchdowns, something like that. So it's not going to be a player that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I have Sterling Shepard. But he's a great player to fill out your starting lineup, flex spot, something like that. I like it. Chev, what do you think about these three? Yeah, I definitely agree with most of what Garrett said. I mean, Devontae Parker, I feel like right now you can get him for a bag of chips. I mean, nobody's really talking about him too much except his coaches. So I think you can probably get him pretty cheap uh, going through going into this season. I love Christian Kirk. I think he's a guy that can do big things this season. Uh, like Garrett said, he's in the, he's in his second year, so that's definitely going to be big for him. <laughs> I know he's done a lot of learning probably from Larry Fitzgerald and all those other guys there. So being in that new offense, I'm guessing he's pretty excited to get out there and go play some football rather than uh, what he was in last season. Then also with Sterling Shepard, I got to watch him at OU, and, I mean, he's just a terrific athlete. And he's a guy that's going to be a he could be a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and have those wide receiver one games uh, every once in a while. So I mean, he's a guy that you can you can count on to go out, go out there and put up wide receiver two, wide receiver three numbers every time. Okay, um, I do want to clarify before I touch on this. Um, Vinny is my brother-in-law, uh, so I know him personally. This is my home league. <clears throat> we are co-commissioners together. Uh, so. He has all three of these guys on his team. So what I could say is this. I'll give my honest evaluation. Um, Parker, dart throw. Um, he could. It, it's going to be super high ceiling or super low floor. I feel like there's going to be no middle ground. Um, Christian Kirk, I tried to trade for him last year, and he broke his foot. So jokes on you, Vinny. Uh, but I think he's going to be. <laughs> he's going to be good Subtle this year. Jab. And I agree with Chev 100%. He's got a leg up. He's got that year. Um, And I think Kyler, they they played together, so familiarity is great. 
Um, Sterling Shepard, I think he's going to be huge this year, honestly. Um, I'm not talking Odell Beckham huge. I still think Golden Tate is going to be the guy for this year, but I think Sterling Shepard is going to be like a solid high-end wide receiver too. Um, I just think he's just going to get a lot of targets and he's going to get a lot of catches. So um, they're all good, but Vinny, I am listening to trade offers for Christian Kirk. And no, that does not mean I want Lamar Jackson in any capability because somehow he always sneaks Lamar Jackson into trades. I don't know how that works. So um, that's just uh, my thoughts on that. And one last thought, uh, one last, I'm sorry, question is from official fan Tyler. Is that what we have him named as? It's not mascot, right? No, Garrett, it's official I, fan. No. It's official Mascot's fan. degrading. Official fan is encouraging. Got it. We're, no, we're not degrading Tyler. So um, he wanted me to ask this. It was the episode that Ray was on and you guys were unable to get here. But he was just asking about um, it just activity in your leagues in the off season. You know, um, is it real active? Is it kind of dead? So just think about your home league. And Chev, we're going to start with you. What's your home league like in the off season? I'll tell you what. I pride myself in being a great commissioner and trying to get the league involved. But it seems like everything I do, nobody buys it. Like, it's just awful. Like, last year I did, like, player profiles and, like, did funny interview questions with them. And then this last season I started to do a little podcast for it. And, like, it just doesn't seem like anything picks up activity-wise. I mean, now we're getting close to our draft time. So hopefully it starts to pick up. But, man, it's super dead. I mean, I try to make trades all the time, and it's just no responses back. It's just It just hurts. Garrett? I have uh, had a, a, a great experience with my home league. Uh, these guys I've known since college, uh, and everyone in the league is uber, uber competitive. Now, it was interesting. When we first started off, about half the league really had not played a lot of fantasy football. Uh, so the first couple of seasons were a little lopsided. But now we're, we're going into, I think it's year seven or eight. I'd have to look. It's either year seven or eight. And so – a lot of these guys have really grown a lot in their knowledge, and so the trades are a lot more fair now. Um, but there's there's always activity going on. And, and like I said, it helped that we were all friends before we started the league, uh, but there's always conversations going on. There's always a lot of trade activity. I'm usually in the middle of a lot of it. Uh, but it's, it's really, really an enjoyable time, and we try to keep adding little new uh, nuances this year. We're uh, we're going to Top Golf for our draft this year, so I'm pretty pretty excited about that. It should be a good time. Nice. Um, so I think what Tyler's getting at here, and again, he's in the home league with Vinny and I. There's a lot of guys that don't respond, and it irritates a lot of people. And I see both sides of it, where it's July, it's not a big deal. We didn't have our our draft yet. On the other hand. It's a dynasty league, not a redraft league. It's not a glorified keeper league. So I would like if people just responded. A simple no is fine, but not just oh, I'm not even going to answer the text. So you know, I guess just. Yeah, that drives me nuts. Yeah, just be courteous to the people in your league because you want to build good relationships with them. So um, that being said, uh, people, if anyone in my league is listening, no, I'm not trading Alvin Kamara. It's just not happening. So <laughs> you don't even have to text me for that. Um, so, okay, that's pretty much all we have for news and listener questions. Um, do you, Unless you guys have anything else to add? Nope. 
Okay, well, just nope. talking about moving teams in different stadiums, uh, did you know that the Green Bay Packers used to play uh, games at the Milwaukee County Stadium in Milwaukee? I hmm. did not. Yeah, they used to do that starting in 1925. So uh, Packers been around a while. <laughs> well, there you go. So, yeah, the there more you go. There's, there's your rewind of the week. Hopefully that didn't put anybody to sleep. So, um, <laughs> Garrett, do you got a verse for us this week? I do. Our Dynasty Rewind verse of the week is James chapter 4, and it's verse 10. And it says this, Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Uh, and this is something that I try to remind myself constantly. Um, it's easy to look at what you've done or what you've accomplished or and you know I've, I'm very proud of, of my wife and, and my daughter and um, you know we, we just have a beautiful little family uh, the things going on in, in my personal life uh, in the fantasy football world and it's easy to uh, get to a point where you're like man I'm I'm pretty good like I, I'm, I'm doing really well I'm successful blah, blah 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 but the thing is like ultimately all of this was a gift from God it was not because I'm so great. It was because of the talents, the gifts, the abilities, the moments, whatever it is that, that he bestowed uh, upon us. And so when I can remind myself to be humble before God, then that's when I see real success. That's when I see things actually happen, things actually move. Because often when I start to get in my own head and I start to think I'm something special, I usually screw stuff up pretty bad. Um, and so when, when God's in his proper place uh, in my life, I know that's when things are really going how they should be going. Garrett, beautiful like always. Um, and uh, I do appreciate you doing that. A lot of people have reached out to me, and I'm sure you guys as well, and saying how they do appreciate the verse of the week. So um, keep it going, you too. You guys are doing a great job. Um, hey, if you like the Dynasty Rewind music, which I actually have set as my alarm in the morning, let's hear from Laird. He's the guy that made it for us. It's you. Staring at your company's old website again with that same bland logo your cousin's buddy made for you years ago. You read that study online about how your digital presence is more important than ever, but you just have no idea where to start. That's where we come in. Laird Creative is a full-service branding and creative agency that will turn your blank into a recognized brand. From video and audio production to graphic design, Laird Creative has every tool you need to build your brand from the ground up. Visit LairdCRTV.com. That's LairdCRTV.com to get started today. Laird Creative. Step your brand up. Thanks, Laird. It's good hearing from you like always. No problem, Mike. Yes, it's great talking to you again. So... <laughs> I'm just imagining that he's here with me. I'm sorry. I've been up a very, very long time. So do you guys have anything to add before we wrap it up for the night? I'm good. Not too much. Nope. All right. Awesome. Do you want to stay on for like another minute and a half and we could stop it at exactly an hour? No. No? <laughs> you don't? I feel like you're going to figure out a way to drag it out, though, until it's exactly an hour. I mean, I'm just going to do it anyway, so you might as well just stay here with me. So, yeah, so I mean, you're saying we should, we should talk about something, anything, so it's not just dead silence for another almost 60 seconds. You have a minute and, like, six seconds, so four, three, so I don't know. All right, here we go. I will, 
I will tell. I'm gonna tell a story real quick. Uh, it it'll, pro- it'll, it'll probably go over over time now. So this is what you did, Mike. This is on you. Um, I'm going to tell because I've I've been looking for an opportunity at some point to share this story. This was the most heartbreaking fantasy football moment of my entire life. So this is the home dynasty league that I was talking about earlier. And I'm in the championship round. It is, let's see, what would this year be? This would be 2014, I believe. I believe it's 2014. Uh, we're in the second second year of our league. And my team is just absolutely stacked. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Rodgers. Um, i trying to remember who else. Julio Jones. I mean, just all kinds of just studs that were absolutely in their prime. Jimmy Graham was in his prime that point had him on my team like everything was just awesome so i'm playing in the championship round and i am up by 17 points in the championship game and it comes down to the monday night game the last player playing was demarius thomas for the other team and so my buddy and i we decided to watch it together and we're sitting there watching the game and in the first half demarius thomas gets like 12 points I'm like, frick. And it's a PPR league. And I was like, this is not going well. So we're watching it. We're watching it. He He's getting a little bit here and there, but but not much. And I'm still in the lead. And we literally get to the what seems to be the last drive of the game. Peyton Manning's the quarterback. And so I was like, he's going to find his guy. You know, they're playing the Bengals there. They got to beat the Bengals. And so – Drives down the field, and basically he was at 15 points right now, but he just needed one catch and like four yards to be able to pass me and get those two points. And so we're, we're watching, and he, sure enough, down the middle, targets Demary Thomas. Demaris Thomas drops it. I'm oh. like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So we're freaking out. Like, we're yelling. We're waking up his kids because it's late. We're screaming. Next play. Throws it to Demarius Thomas again, overthrows him. And I'm like having like many panic attacks as I'm sitting there. Then on top of that, the final play, he targets Demarius Thomas again. And Peyton Manning throws an interception in the game. So I'm flipping out. I'm running up and down. I'm screaming that I'm the champ. Like I'm loving life. And so I've just won my first championship in our home dynasty league life is good i'm sitting on the pot three days later looking at my phone just relishing in the fact that i had just won my first dynasty championship and i look at my phone and it says second out of ten i said what second second out of ten i just won a championship how am i second out of ten and i look back and there was a stat correction on the new england patriots defense that had originally not been called a blocked kick, and it was now blo- a blocked kick, and it was worth the two points that he needed to beat me by a single point oh, to win the championship. Oh, wow. So I was a three-day champion, only to <laughs> have it overturned. Can I share you guys a story? This wasn't um, this isn't a championship story, but um, since Vinny had a question tonight, I'd like to talk about a time that him and I played each other. All right. Um, Eagles Cowboys Monday night, and him and I are playing each other. He had Prescott as quarterback. I would like to say that Vinny is also a big Eagles fan, like myself. He has Prescott. I have Wentz. Okay, Carson balls out. 
this is like I'm pretty sure this is late 2016 early 2017 Eagles are rolling I'm gonna say it was 2017 but I can't either way Wentz is balling out Vinny's playing me and he he accurately said I think the Eagles are gonna win but I think Dak's gonna get some garbage time points blah 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 this and that he's gonna run he might run one or two in because they're gonna be down and I'm like oh, okay I get that so Wentz does his thing and Dak finishes with negative seven points <laughs> oh, because geez. the Eagles defense was all over him all night I mean they made him look like just a high school quarterback that game and I said to him I, I said to him the next day I'm like probably should have started Jared Goff huh and he just texts <laughs> All he texts me back is, in all caps, and I'll, I'll abbreviate it, F-U. <laughs> as he should. And as he should. But, uh, hey, you know, that's what brother-in-laws do with each other. So, um, well, now we're over an hour exactly. We're at an hour and four minutes. So, that happened. There we go. That's, that's all right. It's okay. I like talking to you guys. So, that's going to be all for us tonight, though. You could find us on Twitter at Dynasty Rewind. Chev, where could we find you on Twitter? At Chev Boyardee, boy spelled with an I. And Garrett, where can we find you? At Dynasty Price. And that's if you want to talk to the nicest guy on Twitter right there. That's Dynasty <laughs> Price. If you want to find some self-depreciating humor, you could find me at DMBowerAid5. And until next week, everybody, remember, be kind, please rewind. <laughs>